Hello, hello. 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 Hi. How's it going? Doing all right. How are you? I'm good. Battling a bit of a cold, so my oh, right. apologies if my voice sounds kind of funny or stuffy or what have you. Uh, it doesn't right now. Okay, good. Yeah, but once we get fully started. Yeah, yeah. After I've been talking for a while, it might, yeah. Yeah. But we are waiting on uh, the lady with the most. Oh, she will be joining us today. All right. Uh, maybe. I didn't think we had confirmation from her. Uh, yeah. So we should see. You went robotic there. Oh, I wasn't saying anything. Right. Well, I thought you said uh, 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 maybe it was just me thinking. You did think you get think you get robotic voice. <laughs> uh huh. I was expecting it. And how is your day going so far, Danny? How was Halloween? H Happy Halloween. Thank you. Uh, it was okay. It was just really windy and really cold. So we were just, you know, the plan was to just take her around to a couple houses. But, uh, yeah, we only did a few because it was just so windy and so cold. It wasn't raining on us. The rain stopped by, like, 4 o'clock. But yeah. when we went out at 6 o'clock, it was just so windy. Have you tweeted out your photo? I, I I haven't checked much on Twitter. Have you tweeted out the photo where you were dressed up as? Yeah, yeah. I just I, I after shortly after I did the uh, Facebook post, I did Twitter as I did one on Twitter as well. Okay. Yeah, because I thought that was that was cool. And yeah, okay. I actually I just went on Twitter and I see it now. Yeah. So. Uh, at 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 uh, F in danger, uh, where you can see yes. this photo. I, I also I just retweeted it uh, on my personal uh, Twitter, so it was awesome. definitely uh, cool and cool and I definitely liked it. Um, Thank you. So yeah, at uh, first thing I couldn't tell it was you. No, wow. I don't know why. The, the pretend beard I was wearing, I guess. Must have been. I don't know. You had me. It's like, is that really? It's like, who is that guy holding that baby girl? <laughs> I don't recognize him. So, but yeah, so let's go ahead and uh, while we wait for uh, she who we. Uh, your name uh, until she shows up. Then we'll talk about her. Uh, 
So, Crown Jewel, Danny. Have you had a chance to watch any of Crown Jewel? I have not watched any of it yet. Um, but, of course, you know, it is very difficult to stay spoiler-free and still be on the internet uh, these days. So I do know some of what happened, even though I have yet to watch the show. Well, uh, I, I think I'm just going to play spoiler here. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and run down the card what happened, and then... Um, I'll give you my thoughts, and then I want to, you know, want to get your impression of of the things that happened without um, without, without having seen it. So, uh, in the pre-show, you got uh, the Twenty Men Battle Royal, which Umberto Carrillo won, the last eliminating Eric Rowan. In the opening match, under three minutes, Brock Lesnar defeats Cain Velasquez to retain the WWE Championship. The OC won the nine-man, uh, the nine-team uh, turmoil match, uh, winning the WWE World Cup. They are now the greatest tag team in the world. Uh, Mansoor defeated Cesaro in front of his home crowd. Tyson Fury defeated Braun Strowman by count in a little over eight minutes. AJ Styles defeated Humberto Carrillo uh, to retain the WWE United States Championship. Natalia defeated Lacey Evans in the first ever women's match here uh, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and Team Hogan uh, defeated Team Flair uh, in the 10-man tag match. And then in your main event of the evening, The Fiend Bray Wyatt defeats Seth Rollins to win the WWE Universal Championship in a false count anywhere match. Uh, first, I want to talk about Brock Lesnar and Kane Velasquez being the first match of the show. Uh, a little surprising to me, and surprising that it ended in three minutes. I guess they were going for more of a real fight feel, you know, with the UFC and those kind of things that sometimes made even you know big fights end quickly. But also, still just kind of shocked that it was the first match of the night. But ultimately, knew that. You know, it was mainly there to give Lesnar his win back over Kane. Um, still just kind of a little shocked about the match itself. Um, you know, surprised that uh, the Fiend won the championship. Uh, you know, but I mean, it's Halloween, so it, it's fitting, I guess, right? Um, now, somebody brought up a point I saw online uh, with the tag team turmoil, you know, gauntlet match. Um, that may have been the first time the Viking Raiders have been pinned uh, like in WWE since coming up to Raw, at least. Since coming up to the main roster. They didn't get pinned very much at all in NXT. Um, and that might have been their first pinfall loss um, since since they you know debuted on the, on the big stages. So, you know, I don't know if that was played up as well as it should have been, but that should have been considered a big thing. Um, 
the women's match, you know, it was a little surprise. You know, there we, you know, I talked kind of, and I was thinking with other friends about, you know, oh, they're going to have to, of course, change their attire. And you know, I the reason they chose Natty and Lacey is because they're married, they're married women, and their husbands will be there to you know give their approval. And um, I guess they're going to kind of structure the match so that nothing is too there's no you know nothing too scandalous as far as positioning or 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 moves or what have you. Um, but it was you know interesting to have a women's match there in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, in the first place, but the match itself was was only so so. Um, it was cool. I cool to see Umberto Carrillo get get a big opportunity. You know, I really liked what I've seen of him uh, in his tenure in WWE. Uh, watching him on in his you know his work with NXT and Two Hundred Five Live, and now you know that he's you know he had the he's making big matches against big names. You know, good match against AJ. Um. For the United States Championship, no less. So that was kind of cool to see him get that, get that kind of uh, opportunity there. Um, uh, yeah, nothing else on the show really stood out to me as far as what I saw or read. Um, I think some people were surprised that Team Hogan versus Team Flair was only a one pinfall match versus it being like an elimination style. I think is what most people. Anticipated it would be, um, but you know, one pinfall match—that's cool. Get it over with, you know. Give the give the the good guys the win, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Yuri had an elimination match earlier. Well, that's true. There was, you know, a tag team elimination match earlier, so maybe that's why they did it, and just to kind of save time and. I guess they didn't want a bunch of those guys taking pinfall losses. Um, but yeah, overall, it seemed like a very long show. Um, and, you know, just as, as we kind of talked last week, nothing about it really seemed to excite me too much. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely an interesting show. Um, as far as everything that that we that played on, uh, that we got to see, you know, it was just going to be another, uh, not to sound, not to be, um, uh, no, no, another big show uh, in uh, Saudi Arabia. Of course, we're going to see these spectacles, right? Huge stadiums filled with friends, families, um Showing uh, that everything is good. Huge stage, huge fireworks. Uh, a quote, quote, sold out crowd. So I think that to me, that is, you know, what is expected. You know, you're just going to come and bring all the, all the wrestlers that you can. And you're going to try to put out, the, you know, uh, people. Um, I thought. Umberto Carrillo winning the Battle Royal and then get, getting a match with AJ Styles is big. I feel like, you know, sometimes, you know, when, when you get that many Latinos, you know, how can you focus on every single one? I think WWE has been doing a better job 
at kind of highlighting the Latino stars. Uh, I mean, should look even Sin is getting TV time since he's been back. Uh, so I think that good on Carrillo, and he had a very good match with AJ Styles. I, you know, no surprise. Uh, Carrillo is really uh, a really good wrestler, and of course, has, you know, in, in, he was great in Mexico. But you know, you got to keep up with AJ Styles. It's a whole different ball game, and I thought that that match was very good. The Wizards match, Jay, yeah, was what it was uh, for whatever reason. You know, people call it progress, but you know, with WWE, you can always have people who uh, are gonna pass judgment about what that really means. Uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, he's gonna be the smartest man in the world because. The big paydays that he gets uh, for the Saudi shows, uh, for the amount of money that he gets paid, for the amount of time he actually has to work in the ring, I, I say that's a pretty good deal. Um, and Bray Wyatt becoming the Universal Champion, I'm not sure what to think of that. Both championships are now on the SmackDown brand, which is an interesting thought there. What is going to happen? Uh, is Bray going to be moved over to Raw, or is Lesnar going to be moved over to Raw? Um, to be determined. I'm sure there's a plan behind it, uh, but it's kind of interesting. I mean, if you had to choose one of the champions to go to Raw, who would you pick? Um, I mean, I would, I would think that they would probably send Bray Wyatt to Raw, um, just because I think with the Fox connection, they they want Brock Lesnar, um, you know, as he's a, a a UFC fighter, you know, as well as a professional wrestler, he's one of the more recognizable faces that you know translates across to mainstream sports fans as well. Um, so being on Fox, I think, is where they would want to keep Brock Lesnar. Um, so, yeah, maybe Bray Wyatt moves back to Raw. But we don't know. They I, Things like that really weren't too well explained as far as the draft goes. Yeah, I mean, one thing we do know, right, uh, if you remember, uh, is that we had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross being traded uh, to SmackDown Live for future draft, you know, considerations. What what are those considerations? Maybe maybe this will be what they they, they mean. It, it could be, or they could find another way to move another person over. They could do another big trade. You know, uh, we're what like four week, three or four weeks into the the new era with Fox and NBC uh, Universal. So that could mean a lot of different things. And one of those things could be this is an opportunity to make a change because maybe ratings or whatever is not exactly what we want it to be. So let's tweak something. Uh, are you excited about Bray Wyatt as Universal Champion? Because I, I totally am not. 
Um, you know, if you're going to put him in this in this feud with, for the championship, um, and his character, you know, as I as over as the character is, and you have to, you know, protect this character kind of as this, you know, mo- I mean, really a monster. You know, the character's got super. It's like Undertaker levels of supernatural powers and all this. So you have to protect this character as being someone that is difficult to 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 beat, you know, difficult to to out-wrestle, to out-fight because he has some kind of supernatural abilities that are difficult for people to overcome. Um, even if that's just kind of, you know, the the look, the presentation of striking fear into his opponents, um, you know, kind of manipulating that aspect. I think you would have, you know, you kind of had to put him as a winner. Otherwise, the character gets derailed very, very quickly. Um, you know, all these months they spent building him up as, you know, with the Firefly Funhouse sketches and, you know, then the Fiend debuts and these kind of things. So, um, yeah, I think you, it, it, in this feud, Bray Wyatt has to win the championship if you're going to do these kind of matches where it's, you know, must be a winner, no disqualification, cage match, falls kind of anywhere, those kind of things. He has to win those kind of matches. The only way he should be losing you know, is if he gets himself disqualified or, or counted out or something like that. Um, you know, because he can't be contained within the regular rules of a match because he's not a regular fighter. Um, so that's the only way that I would I saw that one going. Now, I don't know how long they'll keep the belt. I don't know what the plan is. But I think, you know, in this match, you had to have him win in order to keep the character uh, looking strong. Yeah, so with that all being said, I think that we're going to expect more of this red-lit ring side on his matches, which, I don't know, I just don't get the whole sort of thing. I just, I feel like, is this really character evolution, or is it just something to mask the flaws Bray Wyatt because to me there's a lot of flaws when it comes to Bray Wyatt the the only real flaw that I ever saw with Bray Wyatt was that um, he would essentially he would lose big matches too frequently to be the for you know from the very beginning for the type of character that they were trying to create he should not really have been losing a lot of matches, you know, by pinfall, by submission, those kind of things. Um, you know, and that to me was the thing that he would, his character got, people stopped believing that he was going to win matches because he would talk a big game. He'd do his, you know, he'd do all these speeches and promos and these little, you know, creepy segments, you know, with the rocket chair and all this. And then he would go out there and when he had the, finally had the match against the guy, he would lose lose cleanly and you know after that happened several times people stopped believing that he was going to win so why should i pay attention he's just going to run his mouth and the good guy's going to beat him um so that to me was the biggest flaw with him and it was so that you know that's not really anything that he could control that's you know the people behind the character and the creative directions they were going at the time um so this character, you know, is an interesting evolution of the Bray Wyatt. Um, 
but I think that you know, yeah, we might have the red the red lights during matches and and you know and strobe light effects and these kind of things, but it's just natural progression. Is the Undertaker you know would come out and it was purple, and then he would raise the lights back up, and you know it's just you kind of have to do more and more to get the same kind of effect as far as the crowd reaction goes. Um, I think that's what they're really looking for with the persona um, is to, to kind of creep people out, get people excited, get people talking. Um, and he's doing that. Now it doesn't mean that his matches are going to be the best, but if you work heavily with the character, you don't have to have amazing outstanding technical matches. All right. Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, they, they, and look, there's a lot of Gaga and a lot of stuff here to uh, get, you know, kind of cover the flaws of one, bring uh, and the fiend, and then this little funhouse skits. Um, to me, since I can't get past who he's been, and also his wrestling hasn't really been that exciting. So I, I think that also throws me off a lot. Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, he's always been more of a a character than a than a uh, you know amazing technical wrestler or an amazing in ring performer. He's always been a character and relied heavily on that. So you know, with with this character being so over the top, I could see how. You know, it could be used to kind of mask whatever uh, inadequacies he may have or, you know, points where he may not be as strong um, in the in-ring work. Yeah, so, but that was Crunchyroll. I mean, like I said, we're going to expect these uh, shows to be what they have been. So uh, we'll see what happens on the next one. Uh, but we know what's coming next, and we know that we're getting Survivor Series, and we, and I, I don't know all the specifics yet, but I, based on what I've seen on Twitter, we're gonna get brand battles again. Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. Uh. The thoughts of including the NXT brand uh, in the battle here—I uh, don't know. I think I think it's 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 pretty cool that they they are adding a little bit extra, and at the same time, it, it really shows the progression of NXT, not just being a development brand, you know, now being a national TV and now uh, taking part in survivors on the main. Yeah, I mean, that is really interesting to have, you know, essentially we'll have a three-way feud. So I assume that rather than a, a series of team matches that are three on, you know, with three teams each, I assume we'll have kind of a round-robin style, you know, NXT versus Raw, NXT versus SmackDown, and then SmackDown versus Raw kind of things. Um yeah, interesting, interesting concept to be bringing NXT in, you know, for traditional Survivor Series. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. 
Yeah, so we'll see. But we also know uh, not a little bit more of a, what's going to happen. Uh, and then and uh, that brings us to the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, and uh, this week, uh, let's go ahead and start with uh, All Elite Wrestling. Uh, All Elite and both Elite and NXT uh, were going opposite of Game So we talked about America's favorite pastime uh, and we talked about the World Series and we talked about the importance of a big championship. Uh, Wednesday night was a very busy night for sports. Not only did we have Game 7 of the World Cup we also got the uh, Eastern Conference Finals of the MLS uh, tournament uh, between the last two uh, MLS champions in uh, Atlanta and Toronto. Uh, so two major sporting events on Wednesday night. And then, of course, we had AEW, uh, who uh, had... 759,000 viewers. Uh, again, dropping, expected to be dropping. Be, you're still beating uh, NXT by almost 200,000 viewers. Uh, so, with that, we look at the results for AEW Dynamite. Uh, Hangman Page defeated Sammy Guevara. Hikaru Santana and Ortiz, uh, of course, attacked the Rock and Roll Express, who was there to show off the new tag team uh, championships. The best friends in Orange Cassidy defeated Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and QT Marshall. Mind you, we have QT Marshall, not Michael Marshall, who we've seen. Uh, you know, in the Indies, lightly. Here now, of course, this was where we had the artist Rick and Morty, uh, cartoon characters from Adult Swim, who, of course, were best friends dressed up as Rick and Morty. And Chris Jericho and Cody, their face-to-face -face confrontation, uh, Contract signing, not in the ring like most uh, contract signs are done, but this was done a little bit different by the stage, uh, which, of course, some drama with uh, Jack Hager and Sammy Guevara attacking uh, Cody's older brother, Dustin. Uh, the Elite defeated uh, Kip Sabian in the Hybrid 2 uh, in uh John Moxley, you know, he was there and he attacked uh, Peter Avalon, uh, whose librarian gimmick I still don't don't get. Uh, kind of promo on his uh, match against Kenny Omega, uh, and of course uh, shooting, uh, as you know, John Moxley did. And uh, in your main event for the AEW Tag Team Championships. SCU, Kazarian and Scorpio Sky defeated Lucha Brothers uh, to become the inaugural 
AEW Tag Team Champion. I mean, it was it was an interesting show, you know, with a lot of fun matches and you know some interesting segments to try and and build stuff heading towards a uh, full gear. Um, little surprised by SCU winning. Um, you know, I've never really been a fan of the group. I the best the my favorite one of the three is Christopher Daniels. I think he's an absolute living legend of the independent wrestling world and. Uh, Never, never really been a huge fan of Kazarian. Uh, I don't really like Scorpio Sky that much either. Um, but you know the the crowd loves them. They're they're super over with the the AEW uh, AEW faithful. Um, so I guess you give the good guys the big win at the big celebration. Um, you know, let them get a little revenge on uh, the Lucha Brothers for. You know, essentially removing Christopher Daniels from the tournament. It was supposed to be, you know, the team of, of Kazarian and Daniels um, entering the tournament. And Scorpio Sky was just accompanying them to ringside when Lucha Brothers attacked him and hit him with a, you know, package pile driver on the, on the rampway. And Scorpio Sky took Daniels' place and they advanced to the second round from there. Um, so, you know, they get they get a little bit of measure of revenge by, by beating the Lucha Brothers to get the championships. But... Yeah, a little surprised to see SCU um, be the first champions. Uh, you know, but, you know, the matches have been fun. So I guess ultimately that's what matters. The matches have been fun. The crowd's loving it. Um, you know, the ratings are down, yes, of course. And you mentioned, you know, with, with sports and also, you know, it's they ratings kind of fluctuate. Everybody kind of jumps and checks out the first one because it's a must-see thing, and then they kind of, you know, maybe catch some of the other ep later episodes on demand, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, the the gate attendance was, you know, the live crowd looked full. You know, it looked like there were a whole lot of people there enjoying the show, and I guess in the long run, that's what matters. Yeah, uh, so a couple of notes. Uh, yeah, SCU, the Anything for me other than well, you know, Christian Daniel, uh, Christopher Daniels to me is the uh, what he'll, he gets his group together. Um, yeah, I, I've never been a uh, Scorpion guy, uh, uh, I do, I do like him, uh, he's very talented, but yes, yeah, I was you, but you know, they were, uh, I, I guess. One of the main, outside of Hangman Page, one of the main people um, who really uh, were embraced by the elite uh, in the last uh, couple of years, they're preparing to, to create AEW. So, um, not, not surprised that they also were the champions because of, of that reason. And... And because I, I don't know the status of the Lucha Brothers. I know that they announced since day one that they were still free agents. Uh, so the question is, are they really free agents or, or are they are there exclusive contracts with AEW? Maybe that's why they, they were not considered to win the championships because maybe they're not under contract. And you know they're working on on a handshake deal, uh, 
which could explain why we've seen them so often and may not see them as often in the, soon uh, as the AEW brand. They, they have a lot of tag teams they need to focus on and continue to grow. Uh, the, the rest of the show to me was okay. Uh, the inner circle was all over the show. Uh, and and, and I really don't care for the inner circle. And we've only, like, what, two weeks into into this group? Uh, to, to me, Jericho's champ. I guess you need a heel champ for, for the regular champion. I guess if you're going to do somebody, you do Jericho. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't The inner circle still doesn't make sense. And, but, you know, they did try to be a little different with the contract signing, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited to see what happens with Moxley and Omega than anything else coming to full gear. That's actually the match I'm most excited about. Uh, but overall, it was a good show here. Uh, uh, a few skippable things, uh, of course, as I usually probably will do uh, the rest of my life. I'm going to skip and fast forward uh, any match or segment that includes Chuck Taylor. Um, and, of course, that was going to be ridiculous, and I wasn't expecting anything less. Uh, so, for me, definitely some skippable contact this week uh, on on the show, uh, you know, you get all these uh, indie darlings that are upcoming darlings that the WWE and uh, Impact and whoever else didn't take or Ring of Honor. Yeah, that, that's that's the other somebody else. I forgot the Ring of Honor existed for a second, and then WWE, but. Let's be honest, all these people are not in the darkness, to me at least. They, uh, they may pop a certain uh, section of the crowd, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, as I like to say, not, not my jam. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I understood the Rick and Morty crossover, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really a fan of all that either. Um, you know, I, I watch wrestling for wrestling, um, not bad entertainment, you know, wrapped into wrestling. Um, and, yeah, the inner circle being all over the show is, you know, I mean, I guess they're the big heel stable, but, and there's, you know, a half dozen of them, so they're going to be doing different things, building different feuds, but, um at the same time, yeah, it, it just feels like the same old kind of stuff. It doesn't really feel new or exciting just because they're guys maybe we haven't seen on a national stage before together doesn't mean it's new and exciting. It's still just a heel stable being all over the show. You know, a lot of talking points and backstage things and those kind of things that, you know, are to me are just kind of, you know, they're there. They're everywhere. So it's difficult to make those kind of stand out. Or make yourself stand out if that's gonna if that's how you're gonna format your show. Yeah, I I, I definitely do think that there's uh, 
more than they can do. Uh, you know, I, and I think I, I said this before. Uh, as much as they try to be claim they want to be different from WWE, you can go to you can. There's a few things you can point at and be like, well, that is very WWE. That's something WWE would do. Uh, give me something different. Uh, and we still don't know if AEW offers health insurance, retirement plans, and all the other good stuff that, you know, uh, employees should be receiving, not uh, independent contractors. So... Uh, that that would be TBD, I guess. Uh, as for the NXT brand, um, we had uh, open up the show with Io Shirai defeating Candy L- Candice LeRae, uh, and then Finn Balor uh, explaining his actions uh, for uh, what he did to Johnny Gargano the, the week prior. Uh, so yeah, so he's got his eyes on uh, on Johnny Wrestling, so that should be fun. Uh, Bronson Reed defeated uh, Shane Thorne, a really fun match. Uh, I hope that Shane Thorne is doing uh, well because my goodness, he looked like he almost got killed for a moment there. Uh, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match: The Kabuki Warriors defeated. Uh, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Uh, that was a really fun match, which of course turned into chaos with uh, uh, you know, uh, Shayna Baszler and her uh, Force Horsewomen uh, crew coming out. Uh, Rhea Ripley. And just chaos ensued, and looks like we're going to get finally what, what, what we suspected we were. Uh, and it's women's war games match. So uh, the horsewomen are going to be involved. Uh, and I believe Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley are going to be team captains. And uh, they're going to be their team. So, of course, we expect uh, Baszler to uh, pick her stablemates. Uh, and Maybe another person, I don't know, because, I mean, we saw Lorraine and we saw uh, Belair there, three on three. Uh, but then w- what do you do with, uh, w- with the rest, with Knox and Kai? I think maybe a third team, I'm not sure. There's still that possibility that they could do that. Karen Grimes defeated Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate here back on NXT TV. Uh, not sure if he's officially part of the NXT roster now. Uh, I'm assuming that he may be. Uh, of course, uh, Killing Dane comes out and attacks Bate. Apparently, he, I said on Pete Dunne was trying to send him a message. Uh, and in your main event of the evening, uh, you had the uh, I can't remember what the tag team they gave 
Keith Lee and Matt Riddle in the Indies were. But anyways, uh, Riddle Lee uh, challenged on the Spirit Era for the Tag Team Championships uh, on the Spirit Era, retained their titles uh, to end, uh, end the night. Uh, of course, uh, the rest of the Spear era uh, came in, got involved, uh, and uh, after the match was over, Ciampa came out and declared war. So, uh, looks like we are starting getting a men's uh, war game match uh, at NXT TakeOver. So... Big things coming out of uh, and uh, as we are all set, almost all set for NXT War Games in Chicago. Yeah, I mean it's it's set up for some exciting possible things. You know, the the impending feud and match between uh, Balor and Gargano should be a lot of fun. Um, Women's war games, yeah. I'm, since I'm guessing they would only do two teams, they would probably do two teams of four. Um, based on who was out there, it would seem that uh, you know Shayna would it would be it could be Shayna and Marina and Jessamine. Um, you know, and you add Io Shirai maybe as a fourth, um, and then maybe you have Rhea Ripley bring in Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox, and uh, you know maybe Candice LeRae. Uh, for her team. Um, but I guess, you know, if it's four on four, technically, if you're the captain, I guess you can pick four people. You don't have to pick yourself as one of the team members. You can just captain. So they could always go that route and where, you know, just because Shayna Baszler is the captain of the team doesn't mean she needs to wrestle in the war games. She could just, you know, play like J.J. Dillon and, you know, did with the horsemen and just kind of manage and instruct them and strategize with them. Um you know, so I, big interesting things. And then, of course, the men's side, I'm assuming, would be all four members of the Undisputed Era versus, you know, a ragtag team of, uh, of good guys trying to take them down. Would probably include Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, um, you know, and at least one other, I would assume. You know, interesting, exciting stuff uh, to set up, you know, war games, which is all, you know, is usually a really fun event. The takeovers usually are, but war games always kind of has a special little feel to it. Um, just because of the looking at past war games and the things we've seen, the the levels of violence in WWE that you know don't really see as often. I mean, Alexander Wolf got his head cut open on a table, was bleeding everywhere, and you know we've seen Ricochet dive off the top of the cage and you know do a double moonsault. We've seen Adam you know Cole take a superplex off the top of the cage. You know, so it could be a lot of wacky and unusual things in war games this year. Um, you know, in either the men's or the women's war games match. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing what, you know, how the teams are announced. And then of course the matches when, when they're, uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, definitely. A pretty exciting uh, episode here. Of, uh, NXT, of course, now that they're live, you know, don't tape ahead. They kind of got to get, you know, get some more things, out here, a little more clear. Get ready. I mean, we have what uh, three weeks before, um, or three and a half weeks before uh, NXT Takeover War Game. So, yeah, but, uh, things are you know 
set up here and I like where it's going and I really like this episode. I think in in my opinion, uh AEW may be winning the ratings, but as far as the quality of the show, uh NXT again and once again for me, uh it wins the night. Yeah, I, I definitely have to agree with you there. Um you know AEW I just don't feel myself getting as involved and invested in the storylines uh, or the in-ring action, the characters. You know, I don't, I don't feel myself getting as invested in those as I am with some of the NXT people. Um, and the format of the show is, you know, it, yet again they they talk about doing something new, but the format of the show is pretty much the same as anything else we see on, you know, in the wrestling world right now. So it's, so it doesn't it doesn't jump out as special to me but I do have a lot more longer-term emotional investment in some of the characters and stories in NXT, and so I think that's what what helps me enjoy that more, um, even if, you know, certain things aren't aren't as... Every, not every single segment is, is outstanding. I still have more investment in the characters, and uh, and so I'm more, I'm more interested versus AEW. So I have to give them the personal win this week uh, once again. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe it's also with the shows being live, they're bringing in more of the established stars uh, more often. You know, with before with the, the NXT tapings, they would spread around the stars. Uh, you know, you see them one week and wouldn't show up for another three or four weeks later and whatnot. Uh, but we're seeing them more often on, on Wednesday nights uh, on NXT. Uh, and I think that that brings a little more stability, a little more excitement to uh, to the shows. Uh, because we are seeing the stars that we love and enjoy seeing and uh, make it exciting instead of uh, wait, having to wait uh, between those it's gonna be interesting how everything plays out, but uh, it, you know the ratings are one thing, uh, the quality is another. Uh, for me right now, NXT has that advantage. AEW also did announce that on Monday will be having a special event. Uh, is AEW Dynamite will be going home? Jacksonville, I guess that's where uh, the owners of the company are from. Uh, and that's also where Fight for the Fallen uh, was held. So, uh, yeah. So, AEW New Year's Day, that's going to be interesting uh, to see how, how that goes. Um, and it, it's, it's definitely an interesting thing. I think with you know, one thing that I just kind of mentioned as far as the things that we see on um, on AEW is that also, you know, you, you know how, like, Kenny Omega would dress a certain way uh, when he was in the Big Japan, on the New Japan Big Shows, but on the uh, road to shows, he would have, like, his old uh, wrestling tights.
Yeah, yeah, you would you would do you would go big yeah. entrance and uh, for the big shows. Right. So I, he seems to be doing something similar with Dynamite, where he's not necessarily that even that little thing right there makes me feel like oh well, Dynamite is just a. You know, I mean, it is sort of right. It's a, it's a way to progress storylines and road to, but still, it's kind of like I don't know. Maybe it's just how I've been uniform to think or whatever not, but it's kind of like there. If you know, every show should be a big show, and every show should be special. And you know, this coming from me as a big Kenny Omega fan, right? So it's like, well. How can I really feel like this is special when you're, you're just wearing shorts to a match and not really your wrestling gear? I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe he's trying something different, and I totally be talking nonsense, but that's just where I'm going from this point. I mean, I, I can see your point, um, you know, that – you know, with, but also in Japan, you know, with these road two type shows, there will be a lot of tag team matches because they, you know, singles matches aren't nearly as common just to have guys in singles match, single match every single week. So you build to, yeah, when it's a singles match, it's it becomes more of a bigger deal. There's usually more on the line than all these preview type tag matches. Um, but I, you know, I. And t- to a certain extent, you should treat every match like it's a big and exciting match. But, you know, essentially WCW tried was doing that, and it cost them outrageous amounts of money when every single Monday Nitro they would say, tonight's the, the most important night in wrestling history and, you know, never-before-seen matches, first-time-ever stuff. We're going to defend the world title. We're going to bring in Michael Buffer to 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 do the entrance announcement so it, sat, so it gives it, like, a big fight feel. But the problem is you do that every single week, week in, week out. Like, then it also loses its effect, essentially, because, you know, realistically, not every single show can be a big show. You know, they're because if they're all big shows, then they're, none of them are big shows. Um, so I see the, the ups and the downs of, of both sides of that argument, but I think you do have to kind of, you know, maybe not come out in, like, street clothes and shorts, but, yeah, you debut, you know, big entrance gear and maybe you know even new wrestling gear for your big singles matches you know on the big shows but that doesn't mean that you then have to kind of half ass it for the regular weekly shows as well so there's there's a fine line i think between those yeah so you know we, we will see where, where that uh where that ends up going uh but yeah, I I feel like there's something there that's uh, still you know not quite there for me. But I, I do enjoy this something different. But how different? I'm giving it a shot here, uh, and may, maybe I'm looking at it from a different perspective because I'm not going crazy like everybody else goes over everything that that Cody will throw out to people. And I, I think that there is a big difference between uh, just popping the Twitter crowd and 
Yeah, and I think that longevation show, but the paper do, and right now their their formula is working. So we shall see. Uh, some things coming up this weekend, though, Danny, that we have. Uh, uh, first of all, here in Atlanta, Atlanta uh, will be putting a show on uh, on Sunday night, Sunday well afternoon ish. It'll be night. Uh, and what I mean event we're looking at here with Chip Day defending uh, the Georgia Wrestling against AJ Gray. Yeah, I mean it's you know AWE always brings good good in ring action. Uh, you know I I think they bring compelling stories and characters. Um, you know, some of these stories are, are very subtly built over long periods of time. Um, you know, but but AJ Gray, you know, has been trying to get at that championship for quite some time now, and and he teamed with Chip. At, you know, when when Chip needed a friend and a partner to battle, uh, to battle against, you know, Matt Kenway and and uh, and CV Suave. AJ Gray stepped up. You know, basically, kind of under the condition of, hey man, you know, I'll I'll help you here you helped me down the line. And, and so Chip, you know, having defeated uh, the previous number one contender said, okay, you know, AJ, you know, you now, now's the time when you can collect, you know, next, you know, at, at this next event, you know, bruises and bruise um, November 3rd, uh, you know, I'll take you on in a one-on-one matchup. Um, both guys are, you know, hard, hard hitting, uh, you know, powerful, powerful strikers. Um, you know, I, I think Chip might have the advantage on technical. AJ Gray might have a little bit more of a power edge. Um, you know, he's got a very ex- explosive power game, um, but it's it's definitely going to be an exciting main event. Yeah, and also not to uh, not to uh, you know be done about it, uh, but also a big four way tag match. Uh, oh, tag match. Four way uh, match to determine the new number one for the Georgia Wrestling Crowd Championship. Uh, that one uh, is a big one. Also, the debut of uh, the man called Manders, with a guy that I've seen a couple of times uh, myself live, uh, and someone who, if uh, the AW is not familiar with well they're in for a big treat yeah you have the four-way match you know with with four of the i mean i two of these guys are are independent wrestling legends um you know and or you know legends in the making and it's it's a very you know big big no boy contenders match the winner will receive the a shot of the George Wrestling Champion, you know, George Wrestling Crown Championship at Show of the Year on December 29th. Um, the biggest, you know, aptly the show of the year. Um, but Manders is somebody I've heard a lot about. You know, he's created a decent amount of buzz in the Southeast, especially. Um, I have yet to see him in person, so I'm excited to see uh, what he can bring. I know, uh, you know, Manager 3MP is the one who's helping to negotiate his, his uh, foray into Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, so uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited to see what, what Manders is able to bring to the product. 
Yeah, so that that will definitely be great uh, show. Sure if you are in the Atlanta area, uh, check it out. Uh, Six o five uh, p.m. Uh, it's uh, a, a, go to ATL Wrestling. Wait, hold on. I just remember they changed the Twitter handle. Uh, uh, at ATL Wrestling. Um, it's the Twitter handle. You can go in there or Facebook Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment for more information, uh, tickets, uh, and the location. Then uh, you'll be there. I'll be there late, but be there. So look forward to that uh, to that show this Sunday. Uh, a couple of other shows that we have uh, is uh, with MLW having their uh, first ever uh, pay-per-view in the new incarnation of MLW. And uh, uh, here are your matches. Um, and Danny, tell me if uh, any of these uh, you're looking forward to seeing. Um, for the MLW National Openweight Championship, Alexander Hammerstone versus Davey Boyd Smith Jr. Uh, Tom Lawler versus Timothy Thatcher. Teddy Hart versus Austin Aries for the World Middleweight Championship. Uh, L.A. Park uh, will be challenging Jacob Fatu for the MLW World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, the Dynasty, uh, Maxwell uh, J. Friedman, MJF versus Richard Holiday, and Richard Holiday versus uh, Devon Eriks uh, for the World Tag Team Championships. The Injustice, Jordan Oliver, who uh, we've seen in Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, of course, uh, I've seen uh, on uh, uh, Combat Zone Wrestling. Uh, Koto Brazil and Myron Reed versus Gringo Loco, Puma King and Septimo Dragon. Of course, Septimo we've seen uh, on MLA here in Atlanta. Uh, Gringo Loco, a favorite in the Chicago and the Midwest area. Jimmy Havoc versus... Bestia 666 versus Mance Warner in a Starway to Hell match. And uh, Loki versus Brian Pillman Jr. Anything with Loki has me interested already. He's been one of my favorites since, you know, I first I first saw him at the era of Honor Begins, uh, you know, on DVD back in 2002. Uh, he's always just been one of, one of my absolute favorites to watch in the ring. So anything involving him automatically has me paying attention. Um, and against, you know, Brian Pillman Jr., who I've seen personally live, and you know, he, yes, he he carries a heavy weight. You know, for, you know, using his given name. Uh, you know, a lot of people expect him to be just as good as his father. You know, to kick. You know, and, and sometimes that's hard shoes to fill for an athlete, but. He seems to be doing really well. There's there's a lot there to this kid. You know, he's. He's already, you know, amassing a, a good following, and he's he's putting on some good showings. Um, so, you know, he's. I mean, he's going to get the snot snot beat out of him in a match against Loki, uh, as anybody who steps across the ring from Loki, and even if you're not across the ring from him, if you're just in his vicinity, you might get uh, attacked as well. Um, but I, that's that to me is one of the big matches, like I said, just because of low key. But you know that the MLW has a very, a very unique collection of athletes. You know, I mean, you have, you know, you you have low key, you have Teddy Hart, and you know the Dynasty, and Davy Boy Smith, you know Dave Boy Smith Jr. and 
you know, but then you also have, you know, LA Park and, and, you know, Gringo Loco and Bestia 666. I mean, you have this, you know, luchadors, you have, you know, hardcore wrestlers and, you know, with the stairway to hell match and, you know, uh, it's just a very, very unusual mix of talent, but they make it work. It, it makes it interesting. It makes it, makes you want to pay attention and see wh- where everything's going to go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we definitely wish them a very uh, a big success here on their uh, pay-per-view this Saturday night. Uh, uh, n- n- yeah, August, that's November 2nd. They'll be uh, on Fight TV uh, it's with, and traditional pay-per-view. So uh, a lot of, I'm, I'm, another match I'm looking forward to is Tom Lawler versus Timothy Thatcher. Myself, that's going to be a very wonderful wrestling match. Uh, and of course, uh, any match, uh, with Jimmy Havoc, uh, is going to be nasty and there's going to be lots of blood and, uh, you know, that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. Uh, and of course, LA Park challenging for the, uh, world heavyweight championship, uh, not to call you Adani, but I'm sure you're glad to know LA Park is well and very healthy. As he was not the uh, the uh, park that was injured not long ago uh, with a fractured neck. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that, and I didn't realize that there was still somebody wrestling in um, in uh, in Mexico as a La Parca gimmick. I knew that that they that was something that was done, and there's a reason he was L.A. Park. But just from seeing the video. I didn't know the difference between the two. So just seeing the video clip and, you know, I assumed it was L.A. Park. Uh, thankfully, it is. I guess it's not him. It is somebody much younger who hopefully has a much better chance of recovery than somebody who's in their 50s, um, you know, would. So, yeah. Yeah, thankfully, uh, hopefully, you know, La Parca is okay after that very, very scary uh, neck injury. Um, but L.A. Park is, is, is alive and kicking. Yeah, and who could be the next uh, MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Um, and, of course, uh, also this weekend, uh, this Sunday, will be morning, early morning for us. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling presents Power Struggle. Uh, so far announced, uh, Jay White will be defending the IWGP Intercontinental Championship against uh, Goto. Uh Kenta will be defending the Never Openweight Championship against Ishii. Naito versus Taichi uh, in a singles match. And uh, Okada and Yoshihashi versus Ibushi and Tanahashi in tag team action. And of course, uh, the finals of the 2019 Super Junior Tag League. Uh, will be uh, done there uh, with right now the finalist um, TBD. But right now, looking at the brackets, very, very close here. Uh, of course, uh, Ishimori and ELP uh, leading the standings with 10 points, uh, Osprey and uh, Eagles with 8 points. Gushi and Rocky uh, have eight points. El Desperado and Kanemaru have eight points. And Ropanji 3K 
with eight points as well. So very close. Could be anybody's game, of course, with ties and tiebreakers and the mathematical equations and calculus equations and then the matrix calculations and everything else that goes into uh, determining who the finalists will be in case of uh, multi-team tag. Um, a lot could still happen between now and then. Uh, but, yeah, one team that we know will not make it, TJP and Clark uh, Connors with two points, Tiger Mask and Uya Uomura with zero points, have yet to beat anyone. Yeah, I mean, the Super Junior Tag League is a bit different. It is a round-robin-style tournament that is determined by points, but... Um, you know, they basically then wait till everybody's fought everybody and the two teams with the highest point total then go fight. But, you know, last year we had a three-team final because there were three teams that were tied at the end of the block round. Um, this year with the the way things are, are, it very well could be four teams that are um, going as people could be, you know, the scores could be set to where there's four teams that are technically the top two placers, you know, as you may have a tie at second place or a tie at first, you know, I guess a tie at first place, you would just have the two people in first place go. But if there's like one team at first place and then ties at second place, um, then it could be a multi-team uh, tournament, you know, final. Uh, and then I guess the winner of the super junior tag league then goes on to fight for the championships at wrestle kingdom. Uh, but it, you know, the, the New Japan math, as they call it, gets a little tricky at the end of these tournaments sometimes, and this one is uh, no different. Um, but then you have some interesting title matches for Power Struggle as well. You know, I'm really looking forward to uh, Tomo uh, and Kenta. Uh, some of the back and forth between them, especially with Kenta, has been has been very, very enjoyable. Kenta making fun of Tomohiro Ishii and talking about him as though he's like some, uh, you know boy band kind of pop group, you know, young hunk that the girls go crazy for, which is obviously not the case. If you've ever seen Tomohiro Ishii, he is definitely not that type of guy. Um, you know, he's very, I mean, he calls himself the stone pit bull. He's very easy. You know, he's not about looking good. He's about going in there and kicking butt. And, uh, and so he's trying to, you know, Kenta keeps calling him Tomo, you know, like, like show and yo over Pongi 3k. So he's Tomo. And he talks about how, how cute he looks and how he's, how he's dreamy and the girls just can't get enough and, you know, just trying to get into the skin of Ishii. So, the, you know, adds a humorous edge as he's, as Kent is trying to piss off, piss off Ishii so that he can, he can, uh, go in there and capitalize on, on Ishii's reckless anger. Um, Switchblade Jay White is, is absolutely one of my favorite characters to watch right now. He's so good in the ring. Uh, you know, his, his promos are, are excellent as well. Um, he just, Conviction in his voice is outstanding. Uh, so him versus Goto, even though it is once again, they fought several times, I, it's going to be an outstanding match. Yeah, yeah, Power Struggle definitely is, come, is looking like a good uh, show here, of course. Uh, between this show and uh, the uh, LA show coming up uh, with Liger's last uh, U.S. Uh, re wrestling match. Uh, it's uh, it's to be a great time to set things up finally for uh, Wrestle Kingdom, and of course we still have 
uh, the uh, he- the heavyweights here uh, on the tag league uh, coming up at the end of the year to close out the year. Uh, but yeah, things are definitely shaping up. Uh, Power struggle will be a fun fun one to watch. It's one that I'll definitely uh, we'll be watching and we'll, we'll be talking about. Uh, but yeah, a lot of interesting matches and uh, whoever ends up uh, going to the uh, the junior tag league finals, uh, I will say it has been a very fun uh, tag league uh, tournament so far. And uh, yeah, can't can't wait to see how how it ends. Yeah, those mathematical questions uh, can sometimes get get tricky, but uh, that that's what Japan and so special in being New Japan. So with that, uh, I you know I'm I'm really excited for the weekend. There's a lot of wrestling uh, coming up. Uh, November's going to be huge, of course, uh, with everything. The pay-per-views are all happening at the beginning. Uh, Survivor Series, TakeOver. And then, of course, uh, I'll be out of the country for uh, about two and a half weeks. And uh, so, I'll be on a very brief I'm not going to call it hiatus because last time we went on hiatus, we were gone for, what, like two, three months. Uh, we're not doing that again. Uh, quick break. Well, uh, I am uh, uh, not in town, uh, but then uh, we'll definitely be back, and there'll be lots for us to talk about uh, in the first week of December. Uh, uh, one more show uh, next week. Uh, to go ahead and uh, recap everything that's happened this weekend and taking a more a deeper look into uh, the early, uh, Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver in Chicago. So thanks all for listening. We appreciate all of your support. Uh, make sure you check us out and follow uh, on the everywhere where podcasts can be heard, Podbean, uh, iTunes, uh, on uh, Google Play Store, TuneIn, and Stitcher, uh, and uh, follow us on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F in Danger. Mika, who's really a member of the show still, at Mika Villas. I'm at YellowmanPA. And until next week, keep watching wrestling.